1: They want to offer us hundred million dollars, me and Izzy gonna have to go in the back room and talk about this. Ah! Hey, hey, hey <laughs> no. what we, we want to do here, hundred million dollars, you know, you got mom and dad now, they, they living up there right. in the upper room, they, they living somewhere nice now, right. you know, so you know that's a conversation me and him would have to have, but right now it, it, it don't make no sense for me because, and I've said it before, two Nigerians having belts right. is more important than me. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, yeah, uh, all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my
2: life. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay, I am your host Shannon Sharp, I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay, the guy that's stopping by for conversation on a drink today, is one of the UFC's best. He's the reigning and defending welterweight champ. He's the pound for pound best fighter in the UFC. 2021 fighter of the year. King of the Octagon, the Nigerian Nightmare, Kamaro Usman. How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Hold on, hold on. Hold glad on. I'll be here. <laughs> I got to ask you something. That name Nigeria Nightmare. Now you know Christian Nicole,
1: you had that name. Yeah, yeah. Have I you, you that ever that. met Christian? Yeah. I actually met him. It is a crazy story. I, I I do uh I did a little bit of research on it. Okay. Because it's a, when you're growing up, right. a Nigerian athlete growing up, you hear that name a lot. Right. And he's not the first to, to have the name. Oh, he's not? He, no, we, we've had a plenty of famous soccer players that okay. have had the name. Okay. So it was just a name that, that just signifies excellence. Right. So it was, if it was any Nigerian at the top of their game in their respective right. sport, that was the name. You right. had to carry on that torch. And so growing up, I was like, man. I wish I ever was you know, in a <laughs> right? sport okay. where I could carry on that name. So when I got into MMA, I was like, there's no one in this space with that name. Right. I need that. Right. So I, I carried on the name for a while. So, you know, you're building the buzz, you're building the buzz. And then once I got to that level where I was about to challenge for the title, right. I had uh, the UFC do the research reach out to him. And he was actually there. He watched me become the champion. Okay. He was there. Also, the other Nigerian nightmare was Samuel Peters, heavy WBC heavyweight champion yes. of the world. okay. He was there as well that night in Vegas when I won the title.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to share a little, little secret, which I haven't told anybody this. I did my ancestry. I'm oh. 90% Nigerian. Of
1: course. I see it. <laughs> I see it.
2: The way you talk, the way <laughs> Liberia, you, you give it to him. Niger- 90%. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I okay I We've been claiming you, are. <laughs> <laughs> so what, 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 okay, what do I, okay, what foods do I need to eat? What do I, is, is, there, a certain, is there a certain food that I need to eat that's uh, exclusively for you, for the Nigerian? Uh, I, can, I can tell
1: you like chicken. I do. I can tell you like rice. I do. Right there. We're good. We like chicken. We like rice. Right. You know, we mix in other things in there, right. you know, but that's, that's the staple. That's the foundation. That's, that's the foundation. Okay. Once you eat those, you got your size, you
2: got your strength. Right. Good. What about gear? See, I know, I see you came in here, you had your nice little jacket on, you got your jeans, you got the, the, uh, the, uh, the double jeans on. So obviously, you know, Nigerians are fashionable.
1: We are very fashionable. We, we and this is the thing too, is I think a, a culturally, you know, in this culture that we, we, a lot of people they see some of these guys with this jewelry, there's, there's a such thing as being sensible. Right. With, with, especially with all these athletes and when you get money, Gotta be sensible. Right. You gotta do the right things right. first. You gotta make sure you have your money in places to where, you know, you don't never run out of money. Right. But of course, having the jewelry and the thing, we we come from kings. Right. We come from gold and diamonds. Right. So yeah, we like those things. Right. Those are in us. Right. But there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, Nigerians, we we fashion them, but we like to shine. You know, flashy, we, so we like. We, okay, yeah. so now that explains. Yeah. I'm not Going, I like to be flashy. Have my drill yeah. on. If you don't, if you don't work for it, and you don't earn it. Why not? You got, you got to show a little Exa- bit.
2: Ex- you know? Exactly. Exactly.
1: Inspiration. How
2: important is it for you to represent the Nigerian culture and represent it a- appropriately?
1: It's very important because, and and it, and it sounds cliche and cheesy, but it it, I, it was something in this for me. Mm-hmm is is that famous line in that Spider-Man movie with great power comes great responsibility okay you don't choose to be in a certain position right sometimes you're placed there right to be able to touch and affect change in certain ways and that's something that I learned and I I understood early because growing up I didn't really see somebody in the sport to show me that oh that can be done right that that's something that you could get one day once you go down this path I didn't really see it right through you know, the, the the positions that I was put in and, and the doors that I was blessed to be able to walk through, I found myself in this place to where it's very rare nowadays to be the first to ever do anything. Right. And to say that I was the first ever Nigerian born mixed martial arts UFC champion, okay. it, it, it's something that I I don't take for granted. And so it's extremely important for me to show the next generations, everybody else, all the kids coming up that, hey, you do have somebody that represents you right and that you can get to that point one day
2: you was born and raised in nigeria what was it like and what did as a kid you mentioned soccer players obviously the the soccer is big so as a kid growing up in nigeria what were your aspirations what did kamaru usman want to be
1: as a kid of course in sports you, you we boys you know i was growing up it was three of us three brothers okay. until my sister came later on but it was three boys, so if it was problems out there, we fought together. So, you know, and then if it was, if it was sports, we was gonna play together. So right. football, what we called it, which is soccer here, right. is what we all played. Of course, everybody wanted to be the best at it. You saw some of the stars, JJ, Okocha coaches, some of those guys. Right. So we all wanted to be like them. So then eventually, when we immigrated here, it was like, now you gotta assimilate right. to what, what's going on, and the sport wasn't so big. And I, I was in Texas. Right. And so football it, was it, was football. In Texas. it was football or you was playing basketball. Right. I didn't have a height for basketball, <laughs> so it was football. Right. Middle school I was okay. Right. And then you got to high school and them boys look like college players now, and, <laughs> and, and, and I wasn't, I wasn't messing with them. So I was kind of caught in a space where I didn't really know where I I, I could fit in. Okay. Because I was freshman year I was five foot two, one hundred three pounds. Yeah, that that's not a football it player. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. So I didn't know in my in my mind I was like I'm not gonna grow. Right. And and I'm watching all these guys, and, and I, I just can find out where I fit in. And the assistant football coach was the assistant wrestling coach. Right. And he kept, why don't you come in and try wrestling? And I remember the wrestling. I was watching with my dad, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right, doing right. Thing. <laughs> so I told him, I said, man, I don't want to get hit with chairs. I ain't trying to do that. And he laughed at me. He said, why don't you come on in there and try it one day? And uh, I was walking by the gym, and I peeked my head in there one day. It was, it was an odor, it was a smell, that I just, I was like, nah, that's not for me. Right. And and I, but I was, I was a little shook on the right. inside. Right. I just seen it was about 60, 70 kids in there slamming each other down. And, and I was like, yeah, that, that's not for that's me. That's not for you. That's not for me. And that was the thing is football players, because football is keen here in this country. Mm-hmm. So football players, we liked it, we tough. Right. You the, the toughest guy, you the big bad right. football player. <laughs> So we don't like to admit that it's something else that's more difficult out there that we can't do. Right. So I was like, nah, I'm a big bad football player. Even though I was 103 pounds, <laughs> five foot two. Right. Nah, I'm a football player. Nah, we don't we don't do that. Right. But I was shook on the inside. So he kept, the coach kept making fun of me, making fun of me. I was like, man, you know I'm gonna shut him up one day. I'm gonna go in there and show him up. And I went in there one day. And they put me in a group with uh two other two other guys and a girl. And um yeah, it was a all out assault. You know, this girl beat on me so bad, took me down, slammed me. I didn't know how to get up. It was the first time in my life to where I felt like I didn't understand something and right. there was nothing I could do about it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember walking home that day and I was thinking, man, I'm gonna get her back tomorrow. Her back. <laughs> so, I kept showing up and showing up and showing up. Next thing you know it, I've been in there for about a month, two months. Right. And one day we were wrestling, I threw a move, and I landed it. And I was walking home that day, I said, man, I actually learned something. Right. Oh, I'm coming back. The next year, I didn't go out for football. I went straight to wrestling, wrestling, and the rest was history.
2: Being in Nigeria, you was raised on a farm. So what What? What did you do? What did you have? Like pigs, you had chickens. I mean, what
1: kind of farm were you on? We we were kind of, it, it wasn't a full-bred, like here we full-bred farm. And, right, and right. It, it wasn't necessarily full bread farm like that we did a seasonal to where right. at the point my dad adult was already here my dad was going to school here okay and so my mom is there with three boys right so we 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 grew corn you know yams we had it was chickens. Was, you, was it for yeah. the sale or it was just for you guys to the eat? The sale. Okay, okay. The sale. Sometimes we, of course, you know, we eat it. Right. You know, special so occasions, you had we'll of eat it. You had corn, you had chicken, you had... Yeah, We, yeah, we hard, but it, it, it's hard work to get in, though. You got... I grew up on plant, a farm. <laughs> you got to plant it, yeah. watch, them grow, watch it grow. Yeah, yeah. And so we had all of that. And my mom, my mom was the ultimate hustler. She was right. a teacher. Right. She owned the store. All of the above. And so... Going up, I got to see every level of hustle. Right. I got to see it all. So, coming here and immigrating here, it was just, I just I, I say it's a different level of hustle right. in my mind, you know, than most kids that I, I, I grew up with.
2: You say you had three, three, three boys, then your yeah. sister came along. How was the discipline? Because your father's away, because there's something about a father's voice and a boy that will resonate a little bit more than a mother. So your dad is thousands and thousands of miles away. You and your brothers get to tussling. Somebody gets the best of one. And all of a sudden, all
1: hell break loose. How did your mama control that situation? It's, my dad always had a voice. Yes. So even though he wasn't there, he, his voice was loud. He, you he know had he a voice. Come, he coming yeah, back now. He had a voice. And so, and that, that was a, a big thing about growing up in, in Nigeria as well. It wasn't just mom and dad that raised you. The village. The whole village raised you. You know, you did something up the street at, at, at their house over there, Always oh, it's coming back to your house. Yeah. Or oh, they might whoop you over there, and then they gonna bring that, you back that, to your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then you you gonna do get, yeah. You you got the whooping <laughs> over there, came back to your <laughs> house, and you got the whooping yep, again. what they told on you. Yeah, and so <laughs> it, it was a whole village. So you knew how you was growing up. Right. The whole village knew how you was growing up. And so even then, my, my mom still had a firm grip on things, and, right. you know. You understand the dynamic. A mother's gonna be the loving one, right? But she still she was able to deal with the three boys. And and at that point, we were still we were still relatively young, young. right? So we weren't we weren't rambunctious yet, not quite yet. Yeah. When
2: your dad said we're going to the states, obviously born raised in Nigeria, you got friends in Nigeria. Now when you go to the states, this is not like okay, I'm in California and I'm gonna move to Arizona, or I'm in Georgia, I'm gonna move to Florida. You on one continent, you're about to move to another continent, and there's a very good chance you're probably not gonna see these
1: again. Yeah. What went through your mind? I mean, at that, at that point, you're a young man, you don't, you just going with the flow. You don't right. really know what to expect. Right. You know, you don't have that ma- mental capability to be able to, okay, I, I don't like this right. or I like this. You right. just knew that this is what's happening. Right. And you were going along with it. But you had, the, you, you had heard about you had heard about oh know. yeah you heard about the U.S. you heard about <laughs> McDonald's yeah you know, I didn't even know what McDonald's was but I, I wanted some McDonald's okay I didn't know what okay. it was <laughs> so you heard about all these things you seen them on TV right and so now you get up first time been on an airplane right you get off an airplane after hours and hours of, on a flight and crazy thing is. The day we landed was one of the first times it snowed in Texas in a long time. Okay, I, I think maybe over ten years. Right. So the night we get out was the first night it right. starts slowing, so snowing. So when you arrived here, like two thousand nine? No, it was in the I want to say ninety 90? ninety. I want to say ninety eight. Okay, somewhere okay. around there. Yeah. So we come come out. And we like, oh, we're, we, we in Nigeria. It's nothing yep, but sun and rain, it's sun and rain. And I'm like, what? What is this white stuff? And we tongue out the car. We keep trying to, <laughs> we trying to see what, what this is. Okay. And, and you know, the car slipping and sliding. Right. And that was my first experience. So it shattered everything that you you thought. Right. You know, whatever you thought that you were gonna experience when you came out, it, there was no words that, that right. could describe it. How much TV did
2: you watch? How much, because obviously being from another country and the language, obviously, and then, so how much American TV did you watch to figure out, okay, this is what I should say when they say this, this is how I should do, this is what I should do when they do that. A lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it.
1: And that's the thing. When you're a kid, TV is uh, is is one of the the biggest teachers. Yes. So that's why obviously the, the parental guidance and the certain things that you should be able to, children should be able to watch on television is right. so important nowadays because you don't realize how big that is. Right. We watch TV constantly to where we, we learned right. what you could or you couldn't say. And, right. I, and I learned quickly. Right. Um, how much English did you speak before you arrived to? We, we spoke, Eng- I mean the, the root of the language in Nigeria is, is English. Okay. So you, you speak a bit of English, but it's just different English. Right, okay. So certain words are differently. You know, you can tell, obviously, the, the Europeans colonized that area. So, right. you know, our English is different than American English. Right. Like, obviously, the, the the trash can. Here, we call it the trash can, but that's the dustbin. Okay. You know, so you, you, you say certain words differently. Right. But we still, we spoke English. But then you come to America. The slang is what what got us. Right. Yeah, the, the slang is what gets you. And and I remember that's what going back to the the TV and the things right. that you should watch. It was uh, obviously we might remember some uh, marriage with children. Yes. With Al Bundy. Yeah. Al Bundy. Yeah. And so that was that was a that was a show. We I used to love to watch that show. So we watched the show and there were certain words. You know, Kelly was the blonde. And, right. And, and, uh-huh. and so she was, you know, you can't say those words nowadays. Right. you right. know. And and there was a word that, that was said to her. And I, I went to school. I was like, ah, oh, I guess you call girls that. Right. And, um, and I said it to a girl. And I think it was I was in the fourth grade at that point. I said it to a girl. Yeah, I was in the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they called my dad. I got a whooping that day. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, you start to learn very quickly. What you There's certain the things say? you can. There's certain things you can't say. Well,
2: if you moved to Texas, you moved to Arlington. You're in Texas. Football is king. Pro sports. Cowboys. <laughs>
1: tell, me, tell, tell me about you. Tell me about the, and the, the Cowboys as a Skip, kid. Skip, I was with you back in the day. Skip, I was with you. I, I Of course, you, by default, I'm a Cowboys fan. Okay. I got to, by default. Right. But, um, you know, now in my position, I have so many friends that play for so many different teams. Right. I, I support my friends. So, if my friends play for the Saints, I, I got to support them. If they right. play for the... For the um, Ravens, I gotta support them. Right. So that's mainly what I support. But by default, in my heart, if the Cowboys are succeeding, I have to. I have to support them. Well, like, you ain't seen them, a
2: day, they ain't done much in a very long time. You came here in '98. You ain't seen a whole oh, lot of success. Oh man, I, I, I. I'm gonna let you. I get. I'm gonna give you opportunity before we end this interview to, to get on another team that could
1: possibly, possibly win it if you like. <laughs> I, I see. That's the thing, though. I, I watched the game. Okay. And, and they, 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 they I, was, I'm being t- I was tired of being disappointed. Right. Tired of being, they, they told me this was a year, you know, Skip said this was a year. Yeah, yeah. It was gonna he, do it. It was gonna do it. And so I watched the game and I was just like, man, so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And we just, we just couldn't get over it. But, but we, you know, I, I, y'all in my heart. Cowboys,
2: y'all in my heart. You come here, you say, well, I'm too small to play football, you start wrestling. Did you view wrestling as your opportunity to get out, to do,
1: go places? No. I didn't. I didn't. I, it's one thing about when you're coming from an immigrant family, right. especially an African family, there's certain career fields that you were going to be able to go into. It's going to be a doctor. Doctor. Going to be an engineer. Yeah. Going to be a pharmacist. And maybe a lawyer. Right. You know, nothing else. That's it. Those are the accepted fields that you are always going to get a job right so that's where you wanted to be okay not an athlete that wasn't in there right and so for the first two years of me wrestling I actually lied to my parents about it right so I, I they once they, they they said the grades you got to keep the grades up so I said okay once the grades were up could I practice could I go to football And they said yeah of course you could, you could do that that's on the side though right so I said okay so, they ain't know I, have, I was done with football after ah. freshman year. I was, I, I was wise in knowing that, hey, I didn't have the size. It's time to move on. Okay. So, I was done with it after freshman year. Right. So, now I was into wrestling. Right. So, I was going to practice. And, of course, same thing I thought when I first was introduced to wrestling. If they would have heard wrestling, they would have said, no, we just watched SummerSlam with Stone Cold Steve Austin. We don't want you in that. Right. So, I didn't say nothing for the first two years. Mm-hmm. So, I was wrestling and I started to kind of, Get better and better and better at it, and then um, the junior year, I actually was in the city uh, city championships and took third place. Okay, and my my mother was flipping through. We had a of course the the channel mm-hmm. um, in the city, the city channel. Mm-hmm. My mom was flipping through the television and she saw me wrestling on it.
2: Oh, so you got so both I got the, home local
1: TV. Oh yeah, so I got home. By by that point now, it was already too late. Right, I was I found something. And so it, it you know, at that point she was able to talk my dad down and say, okay, let's let him keep doing this. Right. And so the next year, I think that summer, I made the decision in my mind that I wanted to be good at something. Okay. Because you I, I had ups and downs. I would win some, I would lose some, and then I, I got sick of it. Mm-hmm. I said, no, in order for me to ensure that I continue to win, I need to do something that I haven't been doing. Right. And so I dedicated myself fully to it and and it was just the trajectory that i saw in my career at that point was astronomical so right. i said i'm, I'm not turning back
2: did your mom understand that this could be an opportunity that could help you get an education that they wouldn't have to finance that you could get a scholarship go to school get get an engineering degree or towards a, a lawyer or a, a pharmacy
1: pharmacists yes. that's why they let me stay in it ah! <laughs> <laughs> once we discovered that hey there's scholarships for these things yeah all right, you could keep doing that then. You okay. can keep doing that. Cause now you don't have to cost us so much. Right. I mean, and, and all my brothers, we all had scholarship. We were all had, my whole family was, okay. was athletes. So we all had athletes. My my oldest brother, Cash, who is a pharmacist. He <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dr. Cash, I should say. Okay. He's uh but he was a semi-pro soccer player. Okay. He played at the University of South Carolina Aiken and got done and played semi-pro. My little brother, football player, okay. played at University of Arizona. Okay. Big boy. Um, so I got my chance. on So athletics
2: running your family. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. your mom your mom and dad had to be athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even oh, though yeah. they weren't willing to, they didn't really
1: want you guys to be athletes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we had the athletic genes. Yeah. I mean, we, we got, uh, my uncles, you know, look like you. They, they, they got the size. And so we got those genes in our family. But once I got to that point, I was getting ready to graduate, and now we found out that, hey, there's, schools do offer scholarships yes. for this. And at that point, I didn't even know there was more than five schools. Right. I thought it was Texas, University of Texas, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, right. and SMU, and right. that, that was it right. for football. And then I'm starting to get all these letters from these small schools or different schools all across the country. I'm like, oh, they got wrestling out there. Okay. Okay, now we can do that. Right. And, you know, thankfully I was able to get a scholarship to go out there and, and compete. And it just built that fire. Who's your favorite wrestler growing up? Favorite wrestler growing up. See, I gravitate towards the ones that I, I, I respect all the wrestlers. Bro. You like the outgoing. You like Kenny Monday. Okay. Are oh, you talking about pro wrestlers? Yeah, pro, pro wrestlers. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Undertaker. Yeah. Of course. You Harlem Heat. Yeah. You're talking Booger T. You're yeah. Talking, so. These was the guys that I grew up watching and I loved. So, you know, going up and, and seeing them dudes is I was like, oh yeah, that's fun to watch. Right. Me and my brothers, we play that in right. the living room. Right. But we can't, we can't do that. Right. So,
2: like the actual competition, the freestyle, which which you were yeah. a freestyle wrestler, did you
1: know any great freestyle wrestlers? Yeah, of course. When you start to progress in something, this was something that I I even tell kids now when they ask me about certain things, is about my careers. When you wanna to get to a place, you wanna find out who's been there. Right. And then once you find out who's been there, it's like, who look like me that's been there? Right. Who possess some of the athletic abilities that I possess that's mm-hmm. been there? So I start researching that, and then you realize, oh, there's a Kenny Monday out there. Right. There's a Kevin Jackson out right. there. There's a Lee Kemp out there. Mm-hmm. There's there's all these guys, Bobby Douglas mm-hmm. out there that, that, that look like me. Right. That have accomplished heights greater than than right. where I'm trying to go to, so being able to research those guys, I started to say, okay, they've done it, so I I could get there. You, am I reading this correct? You wrestle alongside John Jones? No, see, me and John Jones actually met. It's crazy, right? How this this intertwines. We met senior year because there's this tournament called Senior National, right? And it's a tournament just for the the best seniors all across the the country, okay, from different states. Get to meet in a, a location and we wrestle to see who's the best. Okay. And John Jones and Arthur Jones were in mm-hmm. were the tournament as well. Yeah. So like I said, it, it's not a lot of brothers that look like me in wrestling. Right. And, and and my brother my my buddy Aaron at the time. So we were the two from our area in Texas that were in the tournament. Right. So we in Cleveland, Ohio, and in the hotel we staying at, we see these two big tall brothers. Eating breakfast in the in the cafeteria where we were eating breakfast in the hotel, right. so of course naturally you gravitate towards him, You right. gotta say what's up to him. So then we start talking. Hey, what's y'all name? Arthur Jones, John Jones. Oh, y'all wrestle too? Yeah, we wrestle. We from New York, Endicott, New York. Okay, so we we get acquainted, right. and, and and then we watch them. Of course, now you gotta follow them and see right. how they do in the tournament, and they they do well. I'm like, oh, these, these are bad dudes. Right. And then Arthur said, oh, I'm I'm gonna go play football at Syracuse. Right. I'm like, okay. Then John said, I'm gonna go wrestle at a small school in Iowa. Right. I said, oh, well, I've been getting calls from a small school in Iowa too. So I'm like, okay, what school? And he tells me his school and I tell him my school. which we say were about an hour and a half apart. So I said, okay, we'll exchange we'll numbers, we'll link up next right. year if we, we end up in Iowa. All right, cool. Then the following year, we end up in Iowa. So we, we stay in touch and my fall break, was which is a week off of school mm-hmm. was a week before their fall break, so we talk. I said, "Hey, I'm gonna come see you and come hang out with you right. for all fall break," cause right. I didn't want to go all the way back to Texas. Right. So, so I drove up there, hung out with him all fall break, and while I was hanging out with him that week, we had got invited to a, I guess a friend of the wrestling team's mm-hmm. house to watch some fights. Never seen a MMA fight ever in my right. life. Never seen anything like that. So we go to the uh, to the house. It's the first time John and myself actually watched uh, MMA fight. So we watched the fight, and 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 the dude, the guy was saying, "Hey, y'all should get into this. Y'all should try this." Yeah, I think we looked at each other like, "Nah, we're not doing that. Nah, <laughs> we, that that's crazy, right, right there. These dudes hitting each other, kneeing each other. We're not right. doing that." And we left, and it was just the next year I transferred out, and, and John went on his path. I think he moved back to New York. And then a couple years later, I'm resting at Nebraska, University of Nebraska at Kearney, and I see him on television. I'm like, "Oh, that's my guy. He's he, He's fighting now for the UFC, right? And he's doing well." And 2000, I believe, 2011, 2011, I watched him win the title, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "If he, he can do it, All right, I'm doing it." Right. I made the decision right there. I wrote it down in my journal. I said, "I'm a." I'm gonna go be champion in right. this. And fast forward to 2019, me and him end up fighting same night. He defend his title and I become the welterweight champion. Wow. So right. crazy how, crazy. you know, I'm just a small small kid from Ouchie, Nigeria, end up, you know, being on this, on this platform and on this stage.
2: Well, here's the thing. Obviously you got to have a background in something if you're gonna do the MMA, um, UFC, and the more, Disciplines that you're good at, the better you're gonna be. Absolutely. Wrestling background, obviously, so you're good at the takedown. So how difficult was it for you to transition? Because it's just not about getting somebody on on, on the ground. No. It, it
1: was difficult, but a thing that helped me is being able to deal with competition. Right. I have been just trained in dealing with competition, dealing with wins. No, you're dealing, dealing with, with your brothers. That was the competition. <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> so dealing with wins and losses. Right. I was accustomed to that. Right, Learning, knowing how to bounce back from the right. loss and, and getting back on the horse and, and continuing. And so the biggest thing that wrestling teaches you is how to be able to deal with adversity and, and right. overcome it, which is a big part of what people don't really understand. Right. And now the thing with wrestling, too, is is you got the leg up. If you already mastered the wrestling, you got the leg up. right? Because you think about it. You go, you go out there and you see a street fight happening right now. It's only three positions you can end up in in a street fight. Right. You guys could both be standing, punching each other. Right. Or one guy could be on top of the other guy, punching him, or flip, vice versa. The other guy's on top of the other guy, punching him. Right. Other. So two thirds of that fight is on the ground. Right. Now, as a wrestler, I have the ability to control. Right. The real estate where that fight takes place. So six, I already have a sixty-seven percent advantage. Right. Of a fight. Mm-hmm. And so it takes some years to get used to getting hit. Right. Now that was a tough one, is, <laughs> is, is, you know, you don't, cause you know, if somebody come in here right now and, and, and wail well off on you, you gonna get mad and it's-, it's, it's right? right,
2: so you gotta be able to control yeah. that.
1: Being able to control the mind, being able to, to control enough to where you can see these shots coming, right. to where you can defend yourself intelligently and, and plan and put them and set them up for something. Right. That took years to come, but it, it was all a mixture of learning how to compete, learning the wrestling because, you know, you get lit up too much now standing up. Right. I can take him down. Right. So
2: when you're getting ready for a fight, Floyd Mayweather says, I don't watch other fighters. I, if I'm going to fight a fighter, a, fight, a fighter, I don't watch him fight. My corner handles that. When you're getting ready to fight someone, do you watch them or you just trust your corner? Is like, okay, this is what we need to do. This is what he's good at. This is where we're going to try to stay away from. Or do you sit down and actually watch him and, and try to break him down? Because when I play football, I'm watching my opponent. Okay, I'm trying to pick up any tendencies. Okay, he got a stagger, probably going to blitz. Okay, he's square, probably going to buzz the flat. So I'm trying to just the slightest thing. He doesn't know he's yeah. doing it. He's just playing football. But I'm just trying to pick up the slightest tendency to give me an advantage because it's not about yards, it's about inches, it's about seconds. I agree.
1: Um, I think different things work for different people. Okay. Uh there's 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 certain things that make certain people great. Okay. Like Floyd is great. Yeah. You know, that that's a special individual right. to be able to do what he does. And, and and we are great in our our right, right, own right. And so what makes us great is your ability to be able to just see, study a little bit into right. where you know. Right. For me, at the end of the day, my coaches ain't gonna go with them for me and fight for me. Right. I have to be able to fight right. for me. So whatever can make that easier for me, I'm right. willing to do. Okay. So if I can see a little bit of tape, so where I know an overview, like I can tell just by watching, I know an overview, okay, you don't breathe well. So you're gonna have a problem once I push that heart rate. Okay. Your, your striking ain't the greatest. Mm-hmm. So I can stand with you as long as I want. Or your wrestling ain't the greatest. Right. So if you're starting to get the best of me with the striking, I can take you down if I want and I'll right. have the advantage there. So I like to be able to see a little bit of film. Right. So I have an overview.
0: Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Don't miss the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun. Set in feudal Japan, Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globe-trotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the back. And crime fans don't miss the all new series under the bridge inspired by shocking true events starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone under the bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and is waiting for you on Hulu. When you're watching film, are
2: you uh, listening to the TV copy? Because see, I couldn't listen to the TV copy because the commentators, because you get a false sense. They're talking about, oh, he's so good. You just see that play? So I need to listen to it on silent. So when you watch tape, are you watching a TV copy or are you just watching in silent, just watching him see what he does? Okay, circling. Okay, I can set him up. I can, I can you know, I can take him down and do it.
1: That's, that's, a, that's a very, very good assessment, but I watch every aspect. I watch it with and I watch it without. Okay. And the reason I do it is, a lot of people don't understand and you know, if you have you ever been to a UFC fight? I have. As and a matter
2: of fact, I went to the first two UFC fights in Denver, Colorado in nineteen ninety-three. Oh, so way before way, way before. Way before okay, there was so no you, Dana Waterball. Okay. I'm talking about Dan Severin and all those guys. Yeah. Ken Shamrock, uh uh Horse Gracie. Have you been to one recently? No, the last one the last one I've been to is that John Jones beat uh Sugar, Sugar, uh, Rashad. Rashad Evans, in that ladder. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I, did, to, I need to go to one. Yeah, I'll tell you, got you, what, to come will you to one. when you fight again, now. I'm coming.
1: Yeah, you got to come to one now. It, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. So it's one thing about a UFC event. It's infectious. I don't care where you've been at, football game, basketball game. Right. It, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. You know, the sound of a, a kick landing. Yeah. And the crowd go from quiet to erupt like that. Right. It's, it's infectious. It's nothing like it. And you have to be able to understand what that does to a fighter when you're fighting. Mm-hmm. So when I watch film, I'm not just watching, okay, he's doing these moves, he's doing that. You're watching how this. he reacts if I'm watching here. how he reacts. Okay. I'm watching his heart. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. I'm watching his heart, how he's affected by what's going on. Okay. So I like to hear the crowd, because I, I like to put myself in there with that fighter, okay. how I would react when I hear this crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's a fan favorite, so the crowd's going to chant for him. How does he react when they chant for him? Does he, he turn up a little right. bit more or is he able to deal with that? So I, I like to watch it that way. And then I, I could watch just for the moves. I could turn the sound off and watch him. Okay, he's, he's a good striker. He set you up with this, this, and this. But, but I watch all of them.
2: But what about him being a fan favorite and the least little thing, the crowd is going to erupt? They're trying to sway the judges. Does that, so how
1: do you like, okay, man, he ain't even hit me. What y'all yelling and screaming for? He didn't touch me. No, that's, that, that's my job. That's my job to control the outcome. Okay. That's why I do everything outside to make sure by the time I step in there, there's no question. Okay. There's not a fight that I've been in to where I don't understand if I won a round or not. Right. There's not. There's no question. If I even had remotely feel like I, I lost that round, okay, you, you're not gonna make it out, right. out. of this fight, you know, I'm not gonna let it go to the judges. I, I don't want to go let it go to the judges and then I'm wondering, oh, did I win? Did I not win? No. If it goes to the judges, I know I won. You have one loss in the u f c do you remember why you lost one loss in my career through your career yeah, yes, I know exactly why I lost what happened and it was it was ignorance. I got into the sport when i got in i, I was i was this high level wrestler right where I mean I could control i don't care whether you were twenty uh a uh, light uh, flyweight or you were heavyweight if I got a hold of you, you' gonna end up on the ground right I could control all of that so it was a a certain ignorance that came with that mm-hmm. that I' didn't even, that yeah, that I didn't even realize at the time. I'm a team player, I'm going to help everybody. Right. I'm not cocky with it, I'm right. not none of that. But when you've spent so many years and you get to a certain level of controlling um, the engagements, it, it, there's a certain level of ignorance that comes with it that you don't really realize mm-hmm. And I had that. So, I, I, you know, with MMA practice, we were practicing. I hated the striking days because I knew I was going to get beat up. Right. You know, I, I had to train with Sugar Rashad Evans and, and Tyrone uh, uh, um, Tyrone Spong. Okay. And, and Vitor Belfort was in there at certain times. And, and some of these, Cosmo, Alexander, some of these guys that were more tight world champions, they knew what they were doing. So, I knew I was going to get beat up on kickboxing day. MMA day, I knew I, I was gonna get beat up too, but I could still kind of control what's going right. on. Wrestling day was my favorite day. Right. <laughs> <As I laughs> knew, strong, that was my that's my day. <laughs> everybody knew they they better stay away from me because I'm I'm gonna put it on you. Right. And with that being said, it was just I, I you 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 developed this, I didn't I felt like, okay, jujitsu, uh, you know, I didn't need to study what what was on the ground because right. I control if the fight goes there or not. Right. So if I want to take somebody down, I'm gonna take them down. And that's it. You know, I, I dominate there. But my ignorance was understanding that there's tricks from being down there. Yeah. And jujitsu is kind of like the counter for wrestling. Yeah. You could take them down, but they wanna be to a lot of
2: them wanna be on the ground. They wanna be on the ground. Yeah, I saw Horace Grayson,
1: he would lay on the ground. Yeah, he would Jump down on them if you want to. No, that's it's, it's <laughs> they, exactly what, what happened. And so, and then you got teammates my teammates knew what I was capable of. They were like, right. oh, man, you about to fight this guy? Oh, we know this guy, Ryan. Oh, you going to get him. You're going to get him. He's nothing. So I was one that I never wanted to believe that. Right. Because I still got to do my homework. I right. still got to do my research. But for the first time, I started to believe that a little bit. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'm going oh. to. No, that's, that's the former champ. He said, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I know I'm going to get him. So I get in a fight. And I didn't really train jujitsu like that. So I get in a fight. And of course I threw a one, two, boom, a shot, took him down. It was ease. Took him down, mounted him. Now in I'm your mind, you him. like, okay, you see? Yeah, I'm this Yeah, like, what... yeah. This is so I'm punching. And this dude was about six, I wanna say six, three, six, four, tall. Mm-hmm. Skinny skinny for the yep. weight class, but tall, long, and flexible. Okay. And come from a family, they they do this. They've right. been training for a while. And he did something that I, I never seen because I don't really do jujitsu like. Right. So he throw his legs around my waist while I'm I'm in the full amount. And right. I was like, I never felt that before. What was going on? Right. So I, I panic. And I try to turn up and get try to turn and get up. He just crawled off my back. Right. This was a minute and a half into the fight. We're not sweating yet. I'm dry. He's on my back. I'm carrying a backpack for about another minute and a half. I don't know the defenses to what's going on here right. because I haven't spent time learning this. Mm-hmm. Because of my ignorance of thinking that just because I'm a wrestler, mm-hmm. I control everything. Right. And I learned a hard lesson that day. I just remember before I I had to tap because and I and, and there's a story behind this, cause in the back, the commission, they have a, a talk with you and they right. tell you, okay, if you're choked unconscious or if you're knocked unconscious, you it's automatic six month six months suspension. Now, I'm fighting for 1,000 and 1,000. So, I'm out here struggling. Right. I'm staying with, with, with my big bro, Sugar Rashad Evans. Right. I ain't got no money. So, I got about $17 in the bank account. And I'm like, okay, if I can't fight for six months, I can't make no money. Right. So, now I'm in this compromising position and, of course, going into a fight, I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a warrior. I'm not willing to tap right. out. I'm going out nah, of my shield. I'm going out of my shield. I'm going to die in here. I'm not tapping out. And I'm in that position, and I realized for the first time, I didn't have the knowledge to be able to get out. So, either I was going to just try to be tough, get choked unconscious, or tap and live the fight another day. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, and the last time in my career, I made a decision to give up on myself. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, I made peace with it later because I gave up because I didn't have the knowledge. Right. I didn't give up because I had the knowledge right. and I was incapable of doing right. it. I gave up because I didn't have the knowledge. And I walked out of that cage that night, I paced in the back for about two hours, just by myself. I was pacing and I made a decision to myself and I said that I will never go into a fight without the knowledge to be able to defend myself. Right. After that day, the rest was history
2: you're great at freestyle, at wrestling. So now, how much time do you spend in your areas of weakness? Okay, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, obviously, you know, striking. Uh, you're You're probably most comfortable on the ground. So you're talking about the Muay Thai, the kickboxing. So in a given week, how much time are you spending in, say, kickboxing? How much time are you spending in Jiu Jitsu? How much time are you spending in wrestling? How much time are you spending in striking?
1: I spent a lot a lot of time. I think um Where's the where is the most of your time spent? Most of my time is spent, was spent on striking because I had gotten so far in wrestling yeah. to where now all I had to do was maintain. Right. I had gotten to what you would consider an elite level of wrestling. Right. Where now all I had to do was maintain that. Because once you stop wrestling, it's a quick, rapid decline. Right. So I just had to slow down that process. Right. And if I could slow down that process and spend a lot more time on my areas of weakness, I was gonna be there. Right. And so, one of the biggest things is, as an athlete, that I think makes the 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 best the best in the world is being able to be honest with yourself. Yeah. It, it's not not just drinking your own Kool-Aid, but being honest with yourself. Because if you're weak in that area, you're honest with yourself to say, "Oh, I'm weak there. I need to get better." Right. And I, I see that's what a lot of people can't, can't do that because they get to a certain level and they're good at something. They're right. like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not weak in nowhere. Right. I know I'm still weak. I'm still learning to this day. But the fact that you're willing to still train a strength because a oh, lot yeah. of people,
2: well, you train your weaknesses, just train your weaknesses, but no, you're no, still no, willing no, no, to work
1: no. on that strength oh, yeah. also. Oh, yeah. Because I knew it's the thing. I knew what got me to the dance. Right. And I wasn't just going to give it up right, right away because there are guys that have been striking since they were five years old. Right. And now they're 30 years old. They got 25 years of experience on me. You know, it's something different about right. 25 years compared to five years of experience. Of course. Okay, how good you are. Right. And so knowing what got me to the dance, I have to make sure that I stay polished on that. Right. But of course, I, I'm honest with myself to know that I'm weak with the striking and I gotta get better
2: at yeah, it. Yeah, but I watched you and you have gotten exponentially better at striking. It's now you're sitting down on punches, you're throwing punches with the tent. I ain't just trying, bro, I ain't trying to get your attention. Are I'm you, trying to get you out of here. Oh yeah, I'm trying to put him in the right. Yeah, 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 bro. Hey, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I see you sit down on the punches. The punches, but you did something Marfa. I don't know if anybody saw it. You blo- You knocked
1: his hand. You knocked his hand down and caught him with the overhand right. Yeah, he he um uh, that that sequence and that that's I got to give it up to my uh, my coach Trevor Whitman. He he really we spent a lot of time that camp committing to punches. And, and, and just committing all the way through, throwing it. Even if it lands, throw it. If it doesn't land, still throw it. Right. So he gonna feel you. He gonna know that you you yeah. you almost put yeah. something on
2: You came out there with that intent. You, yeah. you came
1: out to get him out of there. No, there. That, that second one, because in the, I, I was unhappy with the first one. Okay. Because a lot was made of him taking the fight on six days notice. Right. But I also took the fight on six days notice. Right. And... I also had to fly across the world to go fight him. When I prepared for a whole nother... That's what I'm saying. And people don't realize
2: that. They don't. You had a a decided disadvantage because I'm prepared for one type of fighter, and then you send me somebody else on a week's notice. Yeah.
1: I haven't prepared for him. Forget who he is. Oh, and that's, that's the big thing is as a champion, all eyes on you. You have to entertain. Yes. You have to go out, and you have to put on that performance each and every time. Right. So you give me six days' notice with a completely different style, a completely different fighter that I haven't prepared for. Right. And But you want the fireworks that you want from a champion. Right. And I couldn't give that that night. So I was disappointed in myself. Okay. And I was dealing with other little, you know, injuries and things like that that okay. kind of hindered it. But I knew that I had to still see Burns first. And once I got through Burns, I said, nah, we, we got to do that one over. Right. Because he's still walking around here. He's he, still talking about, now. Nah, I,
2: I, mean, I took the man on yeah, six days on six rest and I took him a
1: distance. Yeah. Now I
2: get a full training camp.
1: He's going to have to see me. He's going to have to yeah. feel me. Yeah. So I, I said, all right. You want me to feel you? I'm going to feel you. And, and, and so I asked for that one person, and I said, Dana, we got to run that one back over. Right. And then they said, all right, let's do it. I said, okay. I was going to go out there. I was going to put something on him that he was never going to forget. Okay. Colby Covington,
2: you hear what he's saying. Um, he's a MAGA guy. Okay, what if that, that's, if that's if that's where you want to be, okay, I got no problem with that. That's who you are. How do you, after you hear all the things he says, knowing that you got to fight him, but remain calm and, ooh, I just want to do something so bad to him. But I got to be calm. I got to stay within myself because the one thing that you can't do is get outside of yourself because now you play into his hands.
1: And maybe he says a lot of that stuff to get you to play into his hands. He does. He does. And and I don't think it was intentional at first. Mm -hmm. I think it was just he was trying to find his own lane. But then it got to a point where he's like, okay, I might be able to use this to my advantage. Right. Because of his specific skill set, right. But I got into the sport. I, I I got to where I got to because not because I, I wanted to be rich. I wanted to be famous or any of that. Mm-hmm. That came later. Right. But I got into it because of competition. Right. I wanted to be the best at. It. Okay. And so studying all the greats and, and learning what it takes to be the best at it is, is is your wit, and not just what you got out here and your strength and all that. And so with him and some of these guys that I deal with is is learning how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. You sign that contract. So that means it's, it's a date. We're going to get in there. Right. And it's going to go down. Right. And so that, that, that was it for me. Once that's signed, okay, you're going to compensate me for this, for do, to do this with him? All right. That's the date? Okay. So now I'm going to do everything in my power to prepare to make sure that I go out there and I dish out that discipline the right way. Right. So when these guys talk, and I tell it to all these guys now, I am the judge, the juror, and the executioner when we step inside that octagon. So anything you say outside leading up to the fight, I'm going to hear it. Somehow, somebody going to send it. My mom now is a big fan. So my mom watched everything. So she going to tell me, you see what he said? You see what the... Ah! Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to see it. And I'm going to use it against him when we get in there. So Masvidal, there's a famous viral clip of him doing an interview. He was sitting down. He said, yeah, this guy's not... He just don't possess the the macho ness to be able to send, right. you know, this, you know, set a man apart from his consciousness or right. something like that. Yeah. I seen it and I said, okay, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give it to him. Right. And then and then somebody, of course, later on, they put the clip together of when he he's saying that, and I'm sending him over to the uh, uh, you know to the rafters. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was a good feeling, you know. But at the end of the day, for me, it's about competition. Was that the cleanest
2: punch you ever landed on someone?
1: Yeah, yeah. could you hit him flush? Was, yeah, that that was, he was. I mean, he was out before he even hit the floor. Yeah, that that one was, that was the cleanest in competition. Mm-hmm. That this flush landed. It was another one that I landed uh, a few fights before. On I, I fought a Brazilian Sergio Marías. Yeah. a few fights before, and but this one was the clean one shot. You know, sent. All the, the sweat flying. You, separate, every, you, separate, you separated him from his yeah, soul. Yeah, you you got you to gotta send him off. So let, that, that one was
2: it. Let me, the um, uh, Covington 2, you won that fight. He's talking about, Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if he really proved yet that he's the better of the
1: man. <laughs> Do you want a trilogy? I wouldn't mind. Now this is the thing now, and, and, and these guys realize that. When you fight for the title, the most money you're going to make, you're going to make when you fight for the title. Right. So, of course, they want to fight me. Right. Everybody want to fight me because you fight me, you're going to get the big check. Right. So, I have no problem with that. Covington is a guy that he has proven that he he's one of the best in the division. If, if he's not the next best guy right. in the division, he has proven he that. Tough so, yeah, he tough Yeah, he's tough. So, he, he's a guy that's always going to make me, there's no cutting corners. I don't want to cut corners anyways when right. I train. But there's, with him, especially, there's no cutting corners. And so... There's a certain level of discipline that you earn, that you get from that training camp mm-hmm. when you compete against a guy like that. So I, I like it each and every time. So being able to, to overcome that level of, of competition, it's you know, as, as an athlete, it's something that that really solidifies where you are as an as elite. What about,
2: I look at you, you, you welterweight champ, Izzy, Izzy uh, El, El Asanya, and Francis Ngando. You got three African champs. UFC needs to take take the show on the road and go over go go to Africa. They
1: absolutely. And all three of you guys want to fight on the same card? Of course, of course. That it's something that, like I said, it's very rare nowadays. Yeah. To to be the first or be part of something Mm -hmm. that's that's the first never been done. Right. And so, to be able to do something like that, it's. It's monumental, right? And and I don't know. It's whether obviously there, there's a lot, there's a lot of details behind the scenes that we don't understand. Right. That, that the you know the partners and and the deals and the TV contracts right. that UFC have that might not permit them to do it, or they might not feel like they have the landscape to do it. Right. Which is why myself, I I've started a promotion in Nigeria right, right now, um, the AKL show. You know, face off fight night two. We're about to have the second event okay. uh, March 18th. and I want to let them know that I want. I want to show them that because this sport is not really that big right. in Africa. Right. And you have three champions. Right. Now imagine once we're able to spread that sport around. You bring I mean, the sport over I mean, there. I mean, we we. I mean, it's not even. It's not even
2: fair. You were in Francis Ngannou's corner against Cyril Ghan. Why did you decide? What What did you bring? Was it a, a, just a different set of eyes? That you could see some things like Francis, I think this is what we can do. I think this is how you can neutralize some of his strengths, uh, stay away, you know, stay away from his strength, play to your strength and to, to his weaknesses.
1: What, what, why did you were, were you in the corner with Francis? See, the thing with Francis is me and Francis are like brothers. Right. And so I'm always gonna have my brother's back. Right. And so I'm there mainly for that moral support. Right because I understand what it is when I'm going to a fight. Right. I like to know that everybody behind me, next to me, is ready to ride. Right. So if, if something broke out in here right now and I'm going to a fight, I know that everybody on my corner is throwing that. We fight. Yeah, okay. and so it, it's something in that solace as a fighter when you walk and when you're going to compete. Now, as far as game plan, Francis has excellent coaching. Mm-hmm. He, Eric Nicksik and uh Dewey, uh, Dewey Cooper, those guys down there, they, um. Great coaches for Francis, but Francis is 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 a competitor. You know, some of the greats that just a lot of things that you just can't teach them. They know how to. They know how to win, and that's the thing about Francis. He, you know, he was dealing with a lot. You know, he had a knee injury, right, and, and he still resorted to the wrestling to get the job done, right. And so it, it wasn't much for me, of course, I'm being there, I'm going to tell him, okay, I think this is where we should go. Right. But at the end of the day, Francis is the one that's going to step in there. He's going to make the decisions that's going to win or lose him the fight. Right. And, and that's exactly what he did, you know, alongside with his, with his coaches. I mean, they do a good job with him, and he's proven that he's the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. I mean, when Francis walk in the room, you know Francis is going to win the but <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> what, what, what transpired? Dana wasn't in the ring to put the belt on him? He wasn't there in the press conference. And I don't know if I've ever seen him not put the belt on the champion, not go to the, 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 the after fight press conference. Obviously, there's a lot going on. His contract was up after that fight, but since he won, he gets has to re-sign for another two, three fights, or however that goes. How do, how do you guys bridge the gap? Because the pay scale, we're gonna talk about Jake Paul saying, you know, come on over here, fight your boy, make a big payday. You make triple, quadruple what you're making in the UFC. How do you guys get the money that you believe you deserve? Cuz there's a big piece of the pie out there. and trying to start no, you know, trying to get you in trouble with your ball. No, but no, there's, there's a big piece of the pie out there
1: and I know you want a bigger slice of it. Absolutely. I don't care what it is. You give me 100 million today, that's fine. I'll fight for 100 million, but the next fight I'm trying to get 250. I'm a, I'm gonna need 250. <laughs> you know, so I understand that as an athlete, as a man, it, it right. doesn't matter what it is. That's as competitor. I'm always going to want more. Absolutely, right. Um, could we have bigger slice of the pie? Absolutely. Right. You could argue that with any and everybody in every sport. 100%. Now, there's there's things that, of course, Francis and, and his coach and the camp, that they need to you know, work out with the UFC. That's absolutely, everybody knows that. Right. I mean, the situation, the way it got, it doesn't yeah, it look like yeah, it. Didn't, it, yeah. it didn't have to it get like that. It didn't have to get like that. Absolutely. You know, there's things that they need to sit down and they need to talk about 100%. Right. You know, Francis Garner. That's my brother. I I believe Francis is always going to be worth more than he's getting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. If he can go to boxing tomorrow and they pay him fifty million, I think he's worth more than that. Right. You know. So that's something that they need to sit down with the company because I, you know, there's pl- plenty and plenty of athletes that were unhappy that were eventually sat down and, and something was done. You know that that's business. Right. No one side is always going to get more than that. You know, you you're going to come to a compromise. Right. And I think they need to come to a compromise. You know, can he get more? Absolutely. Right. Should we get more? Um, absolutely. Should football players get more? Absolutely. Yes. Would you be willing to go fight a Jake Paul or a Logan Paul? Absolutely, but these guys don't make they, these guys don't, they, they, they making a lot of noise. That's good. They they got the they got the the YouTubers and they right. got the the right. new generation, the, right. these new kids. Involved in watching them, that's fine. Right. But they don't equate to dollars.
2: And so they so they all they the money they talk about they making they
1: numbers. No, it's not them. You know, like like what's the what's the other one? Logan Paul. Logan. Paul Floyd. But that's Floyd. Right. Floyd been making hundred million dollar pay. Right. So that that money came because of Floyd. Right. You know, but Jake Paul, he says, oh, are we doing these numbers? We doing these numbers. You can add up every fight Jake Paul has had, and they pay per view numbers went more than what I did in my last fight. So they can say whatever they want to say. He can say this or I can say that, or you you write me a check for one hundred million dollars, Jake Paul, and I, I'll I'll be there to kick your ass next week.
2: <laughs> Do you blame Conor for UFC fighters wanting the box because he got a hundred million dollar
1: payday? He no. got a hundred million dollar payday. No, that, why why we blame? No, we don't blame him. You got $100 million, a hundred million dollars. That's a Conor don't have to work no more. Right. Yeah, you, you, is is that why
2: he's been unsuccessful? He hasn't been the same fighter. It's uh, hard. Uh, it's hard now when you when. There's a difference when I got on a Gucci, when I got on a a Louis Vuitton robe, I got on mink slippers. I got somebody bringing me all three of my meals in bed if I need that. I got a yacht. I got a
1: Rolls. I got a Ferrari. It's a a, a a a good one. It's a good one. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's a a difference. But I think it also depends on the the individual. Yeah. Because you mentioned Floyd. Yeah, Lord had all that, and he's still going he out there, getting, putting there, the work in, giving folks the business. Exactly, it depends on the individual because some guys, they, they, they—that's what they aspire to get. Right. So that's everything that they do. They do it for that. And then once they and get then it, once they get it, it's uh, oh, I got it. Right. You know, and I, I think it was back in the day, whether it's Sugar Ray or maybe Haglow, and they said that it, it, it's things is different when you start sleeping on silk sheets. Because because yeah, so when you when you sleeping on that now you know the the hustle is not the same, and now sleeping on silk sheets, (laughs) I I have to say uh, I still want I still have that hustle right. I still I still want to get up and go get it right. So I I I think it's it's on the individual. So with him, I don't know why he he's not that successful. You know, maybe maybe he got a lot of different things going on. He's got his demons that he's battling. You know, I'm not His here to condition it. Yeah, you're one I'm trick Tell the truth. But I'm not. I'm not here to kick a man while he's but down. But that's the best time to know, kick a man. I can't that, think of a better time <laughs> to kick a man. He right. It's there. easiest. Whoop,
2: he close. It's the to he, easiest he, to he get whoop, him. Right there. <laughs> but he one trick. He he never evolved. The same thing happened to Ronda Rousey. She didn't evolve. He didn't evolve. He's striking. Take him to the ground. He never gets up. He spends, if you take him down to the mat, 30 seconds into the round, he down the rest of the round. He down the rest, You see that? They take him out the deep water and they drown him. Khabib told him what he was going to do. Oh, yeah. He I'm going to drag you to the deep and I'm going to drown you.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it, that's the thing about this sport is you have to be honest with yourself. Right. You have to be able to understand that I'm weak in these areas. I need to make sure that I, I'm bringing those up to par. So by the time I step out there, like that's what people don't realize. It's not just, oh, I, I won this fight. Right. It's I want to be the best mixed martial artist in the planet. Right. And, and that's, being able to mix it all up together, you got to be good at everything when you step in there, and that's what I think I do better than everybody right now. Right? Would you fight Conor? Would you fight Khabib? I would not fight Khabib. Okay. You know, Khabib's like my brother. Okay. You know, I see no interest in that. Conor, absolutely. I gave him a chance. He got scared, huh? Yeah. I gave him a chance. He was he was barking. He was because he, he, that's what he do now. He tweet a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we call Twitter fingers now. He he tweeting a lot, and so he one time I. Uh, before I fought Masvidal, right, he was he was he was tweeting a lot, and I said, "Here's your chance. If you picked up the phone right now and called the UFC, they're not going to say no to you, right? To challenge for the belt, right?" And he was quiet. You know. And then the next week, he started calling out Anderson Silva, retired fighters, right. and things like that. So would I fight Connor? The the offer is there, but you know the but fight. He, you don't make no sense. The
2: fight people want to see. They 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 want to see you step up and see him step down. Izzy, are you interested in that?
1: of course they like to see that no i I, i've said it before i'm not interested in that because right now i'm a part of something that's bigger than me right and at some at some at certain points you kind of have to you know you have to stand your ground on certain things now you know, they want to offer us a hundred million dollars. Me and Izzy gonna have to go in the back room and talk about this. Ah! So, hey, hey, hey <laughs> no. what we want to do here, hundred million dollars. You know, you got mom and dad now, they they living up there right. in the upper room. They they living somewhere nice now, right. you know. So, you know, that's a conversation me and him would have to have, but right now, it, it don't make no sense for me because, and I've said it before, two Nigerians having belts right. is more important to me. Two, Three Africans, three, all three yeah. of us having belts right. is more important to me than one African with all belts.
2: John Jones, Francis Nganu.
1: That's I'ma tell you right now. Where am I? I'm, I'm over here, I'm yes, gonna tell definitely. you right now. Francis Nganu is a is is a tall, full glass of milk for anybody to drink. Like,
2: now you know, like John that, that, when they come out with the rankings, you know who the greatest, they they say the number one rank,
1: the number one UFC fighter of all time. It always is JJ. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna give it to John Jones. You look at what John Jones has done in his career, and the way he's done it. I I, I put him up there. Of course, I put him up there. But times have changed. Okay. And it's always like, come on now. We we know how this goes. We, we you can't be the best forever.
2: Okay. What about what about John and Izzy?
1: <sighs> That's a tough one. <laughs> I want to see that one. You. I want to see that one. I mean, Izzy called him out, Johnson. Yeah, I want to see that one. I I, I mean, they want to fight each other. I yeah, know yeah. that. But John moved up now to heavyweight. So but I, that's a fight that I was really intrigued by. You know, I think Izzy is a is a ninja. Right. You know, he, he's a sniper. Yeah. But John, I mean, mixing it up, John has, has proven that he's been the best for a long, long time. And so that was a fight that I was very intrigued about. And that's one thing about MMA is there's no math about right. this. Right. It's not, okay, Floyd fighting Mike Donald, you know who gonna win. Right. There's, no. This, There's, anything could happen. Right. But when you fight Francis Ngannou, though. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it, of course. I want to see it July. Dana, let's make it happen. International fight. Didn't
2: meet. ask you about the hand, but I see you got the hand bandage. I saw it on Dana's page. You yeah. had surgery on the hand. You're looking for a fight in mid-July?
1: July. You gonna be ready? Dana, who you want to fight? It don't matter. Throw him in there. It don't matter. You go find them and you throw them in there. I, I'm just in a place now to where I'm having fun with this. Okay. I'm having fun. Like I said, it was a, we were we running a race early on. You know, I done passed them all up. Now I'm coming back around. And, I, and like, like, like Usain, both, I'm looking back and I'm, I'm smiling. So it don't matter who you throw in there, throw them all in there. Thank you for your time, bro. Thank you. My brother. Kamaru Usman, ladies and gentlemen. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice. Got to roll the dice, that's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Wanna slice. Got to roll the dice, that's why all my life I've been
0: grinding all my life.